When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Heads. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com or check them out on Instagram at Phoenix Rods. Check out Viking Heads at Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram and vikingheads.com on the interweb. And this week, I'm thinking Friday, we're going to be stocked up with A-Rigs, Swing Heads, and the regular heads. Maybe Finesse, we'll see. We might hold them off until the toy drive. So um, it's been a lot of work, tons of work doing that and getting it ready. But we'll get to the guest today is Bobby Martinez. Um, Clear Lake fell through. We'll get to that really quick. Me and Wack got sick. And uh, we weren't trying to drive up there sick. So uh, Phil, me, Wack, and Phil canceled our, um, our trip. We'll probably do it next year because we have the toy drive right now coming up in two weeks. Um, yeah, so... Thank God Bobby was available on uh, Friday. I was able to actually go to Bobby's and do a podcast, and we did it about rock fishing and uh, wintertime calico. So he gives some tips on the way he likes to rock fish. Uh, it's a little different this year. He's, you're able to go a lot deeper, so he kind of breaks that down. And then um, also we talk about calico fishing in the wintertime, some different techniques as well. Hope you guys like this one. Uh, this will be the only one this week because we have Thanksgiving. And uh, next week will be the countdown to the toy drive. We'll be doing, um, I think I'll have a ton of people. I think, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people down, so I'll probably be doing a cool podcast as well. So uh, thanks again, Bobby, for coming on. Um, he also talks about the bait that LK Lewis is going to have at the toy drive to match my heads. So like I always said, I like our heads to uh, a little bit smaller presentation. I like using smaller baits like the Kytex. Um, something small. Well, LK Lures made a bait that matches the head perfectly. So he'll have that for sale there as well. His booth will be right next to mine. Um, and you'll have Damiki there so you can match it up with some armor shads as well. They match up perfectly on the smaller quarter and three eighths as well. So check that out. Uh, Toy Drive, don't forget, December 3rd at Chain Reaction from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dimension Carnell will be performing live. Tons of giveaways, uh, tons of raffles, tons of people selling baits, a lot of cool stuff going on, vendors, food vendors, uh, there'll be beer selling in the um, inside, and I think my wife's going to have some activities for the kids, so uh, it's going to be kid-friendly, the inside will be where the activities are, I think they're going to be able to make some lures or something like that to hang on the tree, uh, so please bring your children down to come hang out, there'll be a lot of ton fun things to do, and um yeah, so I hope to see everyone there December 3rd. Uh, Patreon this month, I will announce the winner. This It's been horrible. I'm sorry. It's been crazy the last 
two months coming up to this toy drive. So I will announce it tonight uh, for the 86 baits, and this month also was sponsored by Swimbait Republic, which I'll be making a post tomorrow on their baits as well. Thank you very much uh, for donating as well. Um, a five-star review would be great on iTunes, and Fridays is when I'm shooting for, for the um, YouTube. So the episodes will be on YouTube as well. It'll be Fridays if you guys want to watch it on there. And uh, that's it. We're coming down to the end of the year. So uh, another year down. Cool, guys. And I hope you guys uh, like this episode. If you give me a five-star review, check out the Patreon and be at the Toy Drive. That'd be great. Thanks again for listening, guys. Can you, can you turn the mic so it's like you're sucking Testing a dick? It. There you go. How come I don't have... Because you're retarded and you don't get to use headphones anymore. Why not? Because you're retarded. Testing, testing. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest... One more time this year, Bobby the Baracho, Bobby <laughs> BDE, Bobby fucking the big dickhead, Martinez. Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> um, I thought I'd have Bobby back on to talk about rockfish and wintertime calico. So uh, he just did an ad in the PCS magazine. What did you do in the ad? Like, what did you kind of talk about? Or uh, was a little piece? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, I went out with uh, Eric Landisfine and we did a piece this month so we went out and uh went deep it was a lot of fun um it's kind of new to even me well new after so many years you know it's been what close. was the regulation change the regulation change was that we could fish as deep as we want so and i think so far i fished up to 1500 feet but i want to go a little deeper just just because you know how how's your experience when you're fishing 1500 I've never fished that deep, honestly. It's uh, even back in the day, I think the most we were fishing is like a thousand feet. Um, and it was with like inferior gear. But uh, now, like, you know, with, with all the technology, all the gear that we have, it's, uh, it's very doable. And you don't, honestly, you don't need the real, real heavy, heavy stuff, you know? Like, uh, luckily on my boat, I have spot lock. I could spot lock and. For example, with Eric, I we fished uh, close. We well, we fished started around seven hundred feet, and we're using ten ounces, you know. And I dropped down a jig that was uh, around eight ounces, and caught some fish on that, and whatever the double dropper loop as well. And so, but yeah, you don't need the heavy stuff no more. Thirty, forty pound braid, and you know you can get away with it. You know, spot lock and stuff like that. So. It's, how, pretty, it's pretty cool. How know? do you, uh, mm -hmm. so when you're when you're going in that deep of water, so you kind of get to look for a new, whole new uh, structure, it's area. It's all new. Yeah, it's 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 all new in areas that we weren't allowed to fish. For example, when I went with Eric, I, uh, I went to the 14-mile bank because I'm like, that thing's been closed for a very long time, 20-plus years or whatever. And uh, those fish, and they are, they're huge. They're huge. You know, it's like uh, the first day I went, <clears throat> I was just kind of just getting a, you know, lay of the land. And we uh, ended up stumbling across one spot that had 18 to 21 inch um, chili peppers. And I haven't seen chili peppers that big since. Can you whoo, explain what a chili pepper is if someone doesn't know? Uh, it's just a, it's, it's a rockfish that kind of, it suspends it. You know, they usually stay off the bottom. They're in deep water. 
that's why we we don't normally catch them you know like when we're you know with the regulations that we have the past years so what happened was that now with that new regulation we're able to go and and you know when you see what looks like a meat what, what like a bait mark it's actually like chili peppers and stuff and it, and they're huge you know because nobody's fished them and and they're the same family as the it's a rockfish rock, you know okay. but they're very very good eating and okay. uh yeah I, I i used to catch i had some areas that i used to fish but they were like real small tiny and they were still delicious but you know with the rockfish limit being 10 you know you just really don't want to keep you know the small stuff you know because you're not getting much you know meat off of them but mm-hmm. th- these fish over here are huge huge and, and not just there i mean just in that deep water you start you start getting some pretty damn big fish but um um exploring deeper and deeper the only problem is that when you start going past 700 i notice that you start getting like fish that are more illegal to keep than you know than, like cow cod like, cow cod okay. bronze spotted rockfish i think on my last trip last week mm-hmm. i had uh three bronze spotted rockfish that we had to let go i think one was like 12 pounds um we had two cow cod three cow cod and i think one was like 20 ish so and then we had a lot of big mexican rockfish that aren't the greatest eating but still fun you know it's cool to see the size but um you know i'm a little picky these days with so i'm kind of like trying to balance out where i want to fish and where i don't that's that's been kind of the fun part just exploring also found a lot of Florida rockfish. It's like a speckled, like a bank perch kind of a deal. And okay. Super good eating. Way off the bottom. I've caught fish like 100 feet off the bottom. And uh, the last the last fish I caught, um, they were all spitting up chovy. So that chovy's got to be swimming down pretty damn deep. Because they were like coughing out chovy that looked like, you know what I mean? Like it was swimming a few hours ago. So what I started doing now is uh, taking anchovy with me because the commercial guys, I, they fish a lot of uh, salted chovy in that deep water. They do really, really well. I've talked to a few of them to tell me that uh, they've tried the squid and the squid really doesn't even work as good as the salted chovy. So I just got regular and salted and tried it out and then it was game on. So for those of you wanting to experience the deep water stuff, I recommend don't take the squid, take the anchovy. <laughs> and uh, you don't don't pin it traditionally right through the nose, just pin it through the side of the like the gills and then bring it right back out through the body. Send it. It's gonna take seconds and you're a bit. And the chovy, you're gonna catch mostly the Florida rockfish, the you know, the chili peppers and stuff that you know that are pretty good eating and stuff like that. When you're mm-hmm. coming up to those new spots now, yeah. um how do you set up differently now that's so deep like do you well, have to like come back off of it like a couple yeah of- yeah like like i said this is a uh, fairly new to me like fishing like on my skiff you know I, I did it many 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 years like on sport boats and stuff but like i'm at their mercy you know what i mean they pull a drift and you know it is what it is but now with the skiff and everything yeah i i, I try to stay away from like drop offs like you know, like 100-foot drop-offs or because the fish that are going to be suspended there for the most part is going to be like Bocasio and 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 stuff that I don't really want to keep, you know? So I don't really want to, you know, 
go through that you know kind of picky you know it's uh, (laughs) don't don't get me wrong though i i love catching them i just don't like eating them you know why why so um over the years i mean i i used to love fishing them you know and then it's like when i fished on the sport boats for many years um that was the way to catch your jackpot you know and um so i always had fun catching them but they were just never the small ones are fine like you know the 15 inches 13s but when you start getting to those big ones and some of them we call them tar spots they're they just have these black markings on them and then those things are usually are just real wormy you'll you'll see worms on them you'll see these little pods like they're just it's pretty gross why do you think those have them Uh, i couldn't tell you but it's a they seem to always have well most of the time we'll have them that deep or the big ones for sure like they're gonna have them and then um even boscos will have them as well you know sometimes you know but they're the ones that kind of stay wormy so i stay away from them but i mean don't get me wrong i i mean that was the way to win jackpot every time you know and i had fun catching them it just and I, and I ate quite a few of them, fish and chips, deep fry them. I mean, you know what I mean? Kill so it all. So once you, once you either, cook those fuckers, the yeah. worms are going to be. Yeah, yeah. You either, you know, get the fillets, freeze it, and then thaw them out, and then deep fry them. I mean, you killed everything. Protein, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's all good. Halibut have worms, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, like, if we're, I guess we're snobbish. Hey, if, you're, am, if you're a snob like fucking Eric Lamb's fine, yeah. you won't eat shit like well, that. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, you know, you can kind of pick. You could be a snob these days and you actually do it. But when you're on a sport boat, I know you're at their mercy. And and it's 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 tough for them, too. I, I get it. You know, that's, that's what they have to fish, especially a half-day boat. I mean, you know, it's that's just what you have. But, but it's like I said, it's fine. Like, you know, you keep those smaller Bacasios. Deep fry them, you'll be fine. I I wouldn't suggest eating them like sashimi or nothing like yeah, that, you yeah. know. But um, yeah, and uh, so thank God this this deeper water uh opened up for us. So because the red the vermilions now we can only keep four, right? It so, was three last year, right? No, no, it was more. It used to be ten. Yeah, I remember when we used to do yeah the, yeah. The well, I used guns. to do ten ten <laughs> and, yeah, and then uh. So now it's four. So it's like you could get done pretty quick with four. And then what do you do after that? You know what I mean? So like I know sport boats have their hand tied. You know what I mean? It's like it's either like Picasso and whitefish and sculpt. You know what I mean? You're, you you can only use so much, you know, like locally. But um, there are spots, like I said, but it's just like you can't hit them every day. So that's just what we have, you know. And mm-hmm. But this deep stuff now, it's different, different. It's it's it's. It's fun. It's fun for me, you know. Like I, that's how I started fishing. Actually, real well, pier fish, but then deep, super deep. Do you have to change your gear up since you're doing that? Like, is it different yeah. reels, different? Line? Well, see what the technology now that we have. You know, we have braid, mm-hmm. so you don't need 65, 80, or hundred pound. I mean, shit, thirty pound, forty pound. Have fun, twenty pound. You can only catch ten rockfish anyway. You know what I mean? Just have fun. Like, I have different setups. I have a. We have this spinning gear, you know, stuff we put like 15 pound test on braid and, you know, small little jig and just have fun, you know, and like up to 200, 300 feet of water. And now I'm catching like even those deep water sand bass and stuff, you know, with like small, that little, um, that Daiwa KO jig mm-hmm. that just came out. It's, it's been amazing, you know? So if you want to catch them on a jig, you want to catch them, you know, however, you know, dropper loop or, I mean, have at it, but you don't need the heavy, heavy stuff. I don't use nothing heavy no more at least to have fun you know do you think uh, mm-hmm. uh pressures change at, at all 
I mean, I think the pressure is like in like what we were fishing beforehand, you know, in that, you know, yeah, in that in that uh, shallower stuff for sure. And then with technology now the way it is and all the relief shading and stuff, a lot of my secret spots are no longer secrets. Anybody could just look on there and say, hey, look, at it. I bet you there's fish here. And you know what? There is. There are. Or there was, you know. Is that accurate, pretty accurate to you, the, the relief shading? Very. Yeah. Okay. Super accurate. So if you have a spot that doesn't really show up well on that, like, you know, be careful. Don't get caught on it because, <laughs> you know, you got a secret spot for a while. Um, mm -hmm. One, there hasn't been a lot of dudes that have used forward-facing sonar in the salt. Mm -mm. And I won't say who you went on with because I don't know if they don't want to tell anyone. No, but, I think he's okay with it. Um, you got to go out with Eric Johnson. No and more kinda, secrets. No more secrets. We're going <laughs> to let it out. Whatever. You got to use it yeah. in the salt. Uh, yeah, what was your experience like using that? For calico and sand bass it's pretty cool it's it, it does work it does work here's the thing like i mean i'm fairly new to it eric's getting the hang of it um i don't know if i'm ready to make the investment myself but it is a tool and it is great and i'll tell you why because i went out fishing and i think we were in about 70 feet of water 80 feet of water and literally you just um you just look at the at the rock pile and you could see the fish kind of hovering over it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like in and out. You know, you see it. Obviously, I don't know if it's blacksmith perch or yeah. freaking. See, in the ocean, we got tons of bait fish, right? We got mackerel. We got freaking sardine, anchovy, blacksmith perch. You name it. We have smaller little bass. Mm -hmm. So we just see this like little, you know, these little kind of just dots like just kind of coming in and out but you can see the bigger ones in there so you can tell if it's kind of bass or not and you could tell like if it's gonna bite so right away like on the first stone we went up to and you could see the fish hovering over it threw my bait out and literally i seen it sink out and you could see one of them dart up and eat the bait and and like i was like and it was like delayed because i knew it had, he had already ate the bait before i swung on it. i was like that's pretty cool then you could actually see the fish if you draw them out like because you know what i mean you draw them out like the followers they kind of come off of it another one other thing that was super cool just because we saw those fish hovering around when he probes around you you could see other fish that you know that are there hovering around too and you can catch those fish too and we did if I would have fished traditionally, I would have known. I wouldn't have known that. I would have just went up to that spot, fired on it or whatever, did my thing, and just kept moving on. This way, we kind of scanned around. Oh wait, there's more hovering around over here. Because not all these fish just stay right on the stone. They'll hover around to chase bait or whatever. So you could see those fish kind of schooling or eating bait fish away from those spots. So for that kind of stuff, you could do some damage. So. You, you know. Do you think mm -hmm. it helps that you – I've fished with you a lot, so I know yeah. you, how good you know your electronics. Yeah. Do you think it helps that you know your electronics very well? Yeah, you could never get too good, I guess, at those things. But, yeah, it definitely helps to really, really get familiar with the electronics and and uh, both deep and shallow, you know. Uh, the deep water stuff, it's just – unfortunately, you just got to open your wallet and get the good stuff, you know. Like I, on the little whaler, I have a one kilowatt. Uh, transducer that you know i'm able to see stuff and does that hook up to your simrad uh i have a i have a garmin and i have a furuno 
I have two. But so my one kilowatt transducer I bought it years ago for my Furuno. But I wish it would fit my, you know, Garmin because the Garmin, if you hook up a one kilowatt to a Garmin, you go on low chirp and then you could really see definition. Mm-hmm. You could really, you, you, you'll kill them. Why did you pick that Furuno in the beginning? Because I had, I just old school. I mean, no, I, got, I mean, when you got it, was there a reason you picked that one or? Um, yeah, I've always, yeah, because, well, I've always fish Furuno, you know, like even from the sport boat days, you know, I, I've always seen the boats and they always carry Furuno, you know, like, and um, a buddy of mine, Craig, he was really good at reading the Furuno and I'd be up on the bridge with him and stuff like that. And I was like, he's like, oh, look at all the group. I'm like, wait, how do you know that? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, how do you know it's a group yeah, or how yeah. do you know? So like Furuno gives out like shadings of colors, you know? So the rockfish colors will, will uh, on a Furuno will be like green, greens and yellows and they kind of mark better like even like when they fish barracuda like you know it would be like a little meatball like a ball and you know sea bass would be like worms and you know what i mean you you kind you know the boomerangs were yellows and so i got really familiar with furuno and i learned a furuno pretty well that i just got really comfortable with and these other fish finders you know when you go out with the lawrence and nothing against lawrence i'm just saying like all the marks look the same. They're like just little boomerang. I don't. I. I get feel so lost. I know there's fish. I just don't know what Even it is. Even when I fished with you and uh-huh. we were deep dropping, you're yeah. kind of like, look it, and it made sense because you're like, look, you showed me like when we we're dropping yeah. the A rigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense, man. Yeah, no, and, and that that's the whole thing. I just got, you know, really familiar with it, and, and it just, you know, just feels really natural when I go out there and you know, kind of look around like, nope. Not stopping on that. That's blacksmith. That's bait. That's just, you know, it's, it's easy for me. That's all. It's just getting familiar with your, your electronics. That's all. You but, kept that one on there? Yeah. I still have my And Fruno, then you have five, your uh, Yeah. Sim and and I still you. have a, yeah, it's a a Garmin. Garmin? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Because the Garmin <laughs> has my relief shading. But the Simrads work good because I've been on the last few so weeks. So you like I've keeping been the most, Simrad as you're up and down? Kind of like. I have like, a Garmin, asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> your Furuno as you're yeah. up and down. Yeah. And you're, uh, yeah, yeah. You don't have to but, fucking yell, bitch. Okay. So, but the thing is that I would use the Garmin 100%, but I just don't want to change out okay. and, and go through saying. that hole. And don't get me wrong, they do have like little adapters, adapters okay. that you, but I couldn't find one to fit my transducer. If not, I'd be using straight Garmin. How much was your and transducer when you bought it? Uh, like 1200 bucks. Fuck. Just a transducer. Yeah. Those go on the big boats then, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they okay, go on the okay. big boats. Yeah, for the most part. And there's yeah. better ones than that. This is just like, but if you're getting the free transducer, the one that comes with your unit, the hundred dollar one, like, dude, in deep water, you're doing nothing. You're just like, you can't. I mean, you could stand still. You're barely reading the bottom. Okay. You know, so it's you're not doing nothing. You know, you you need the better transducer for deep water. What about Lincod? Have you gone off that up that just a year at all or no? Well, I haven't fished Lincod. Um, when I'm fishing Lincod, I specifically will either go make uh, sand abs or mackerel and then fish kind of shallow, 180, 220, 240, okay. like pinnacle styles, like real hard bottom pinnacle looking areas. You know, that that seems to be the so way those to are, get So those don't it. go hand. You usually focus on one or yeah, the other. Yeah, okay. I, I normally do. I have a few areas that, you know, you you know red you know vermilions and then you you'll get some lings as well but it's just the rigging for them too i like that um 
And even if you're fishing a sport boat, uh, if you want to catch like the bigger fish, wherever you're fishing, stick to one hook. I mean, I was gonna if, ask you're gonna that go over, if you're going to go over 500 to, yeah. feet, I get it. You're going to do the double hook. I get it. But if you want to win jackpot, you want to catch the bigger ones, do a surgeon's loop about four feet, three feet, whatever, three and a half, four feet. And all you do is you just strip off like, you know, you double loop, make a big loop, and then you're going to spin it around three times and then cinch it down. Then you snip it right in the middle and then uh, you'll tie your weight on one end. And on the other one, if you can, snell a hook. It's super easy. Snell the hook so it doesn't get all tangled. And put your live bait that way. You're going to catch all the bigger fish. Whatever's living there. The big Bacostio, the lean cod, the bigger reds. It seems to always catch the bigger fish. So if you're after the jackpot or whatever on the sport boat, that's the way to do it. What were you setting up when you were fishing like rockfish on the sport boats as well? On sport boats? You know, like I would go to the bow to stay away from everybody. And... uh you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like the what we're doing right now with the tuna fishing and stuff like that, you know, and you're dropping your jig and you want it in front of you. So if he's going to pull a drift, it's good to always find out, you know, like from the deckhand or the captain, the way the boat drifts, the sport boat drifts. Some of them drift from, you know, the stern and some of them, you know, it's just they all drift differently. Yeah. You can, you'll, you'll figure it out after a couple, like after he does a drift or two and you're like, oh, okay, I get it, you know. And then just kind of like set yourself up, you know what I mean? Just lob your bait downwind a little bit and kind of come up so you're on the bottom for a little bit before, you know, because if you just straight drop and then he starts, they, the boat starts drifting, now your bait's scoped out and you're way off. You, you could still get bit, yeah. but it's it's not the same. What, what mm -hmm. taught you to uh, put the single bait on instead of a double bait like everyone else is doing? Um, well, I was a deadhead on a... <clears throat> on sport boat uh on spitfire particularly for a long time and uh so pretty much my job was to catch a jackpot you know winky you know for the boys <laughs> so it's like i noticed that that was the best way to catch the bigger fish the lean cod the big salmon grouper you know bocasio and and stuff like that you know or the big vermilion it was always a single hook so for some reason or another like doing like short little dropper loops and drop it down with bait never really like i couldn't uh, separate myself from any like the 30 people on the boat or 40 whatever but doing a single hook guarantee it's game on okay it's game on like you're gonna catch the bigger fish hands down what about um time of the year so like uh what are you doing in the different times of months of rock fishing so it might be from month to month is it going to change a little bit are you going to stick with the same plan like how does that work Oh, absolutely. So, well, I guess nowadays we have to see what the regulations allow us to do, right? Like currently we have to fish deep over 300 and stay outside that 30 fathom curve. So, uh, 30 or 50, 50. So it's, uh, it just, just pretty much depending on what we're allowed to do. And, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, certain times of the year, the link cod will come up to the shallow shallows, 180 ish, 200 and they'll spawn and, uh, they'll get in some of these rock piles and, you know, you can really catch, catch them pretty good. Do you know the times of year they don't like? To uh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot nowadays, you know, cause I'm tournament fishing this and that I just go when I can go, you know, yeah. if they're there, they're there, if not, you know, <laughs> but I had it dialed in pretty good. Even the the reds will go in real shallow like i can get them in 110 feet of water in delray long beach like didn't matter like 
certain times of the year they'll get real shallow and 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 they move around you know i, I think people have a misconception it's like oh he's got a honey hole here he's got no <laughs> i don't i have there's just a lot of area and and what i mean by area too those fish move around like they come in and they come out and they move around quite a bit so even when i'm in certain zones that i like i, I kind of just you know drive around scan around because i'll see them like you know just laid up in some other little hard bottom that doesn't have it doesn't look the greatest but the fish are there you know whether they're chasing bait or what have you but so definitely like look around don't just go to your spot and say ah it sucked today there's nothing there kind of just you know do a little loop you know and and it, it like back so in you, the day you when, would <laughs> you you'll hit the same spot over and over no not over and over but like maybe do a drift and do it again if they're they might oh uh, yeah like, like i'll pull a drift if biting and then you know, like e even these fish that, you know, they're the shallower stuff, like you could pull a drift and you're like, it's a barn burner. And then you like, you re pull a drift again. And it's like, could it be that you didn't drift the same way? Mm -hmm. What have you? Yeah. Or like you did, but they didn't bite. Like they get, you know, they'll, they'll slow down. So you got to make it, you know, make it count, you know? So be ready. You know, if you're going to do your double dropper loop, <clears throat> Uh, in that deeper stuff, I do like the three-way swivel, though, because those fish, you'll spin them off. It's a long way up, and if you don't have a three-way swivel, shoot, all you're oh, doing— Oh, so you'll just do a leader on a three-way swivel Yeah, I'll do a leader on a three-way okay. swivel, like on a double dropper loop, Okay. just because it's so deep, and then you have two fish fighting each other. And then, like, so chili peppers and those Floridas, and there's a few other ones that have real soft mouths, so you wear a big hole on their mouth. And then you're going to losing them about halfway okay. up. All right. And it sucks to like, oh, you know, it's a long way up, you know, and you have to go back down. So definitely if you're going to be fishing, I guess, in the five, 600, 500 or over, three-way swivel. Yeah, for sure. Since you have kind of like Even a, 400, you know, like yeah. just put a three-way swivel. Okay. Yeah. Since you kind of have a reputation among your friends, I feel like in a lot of guys is <laughs> the cod guy. When did you get into like rock fishing? That Since much? like day one, like really? honestly, yeah, I because uh, a lot of people fucking hate rock fishing. Yeah, yeah, no, well, and rightfully so because if you take a heavy ass rod, heavy ass line, <laughs> I think I got a bite. I think so. I don't know. It's like yeah, I had that heavy ass broomstick with the big old bicycle handle <laughs> and the freaking nine knot with Dacron line, and I still had fun, you know, because I was watching all these big fish come up, but. You know, I started, uh, one of my first trips was uh, out of Redondo. I used to go on the blackjack, and we used to go to the Cherry Banks, and we'd go real deep, you know, like super deep, you know, and and we were catching all kinds of, we could keep cow cod back then. We are catching cow cod, and, you know. Are they way better? Cow cod tastes good? Cow, cow cod are delicious. They're the best of all the cod. They're, they're right up there. They're delicious. Really? Yes, they okay. are. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the top. Not just because. When did they close that? Oof, I don't know, 20 something years ago. Okay. Yeah, 20. Do you know the reasoning behind that? Uh, just not enough of them, I guess. But really? okay. I'll tell you one thing I'm catching a ton of them right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. And deeper water, I'm sure. That's why, okay. uh, another thing too, that's why I stay away from live bait because you're going to catch. So this is what I kind of learned certain, certain rockfish love live bait. Picasso. I mean, Bukakis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 love live bait. Okay, um, you know, sardine, anchovy, mackerel, what have you. They love it. 
Cow cod, love live bait. They love it. Canaries, they love live bait. Anchovy being like, anchovy is probably one of the top baits. You know, live anchovy is hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Vermilions, I mean, you could really rack them on an anchovy. Just anchovies, like the bait of choice. Yeah. You know, if okay. you're going to fish live bait or whatnot. Um, but the jig stuff, you know, uh, it's been really fun for me lately. You know, all these smaller jigs and, you know, I'm even using a spinning rod in 300 feet of water with 15 pound braid. How big a fucking really using? Oh, small. Like 2,500. Really? Yeah. You don't Jeez. see the misconception of like going deep. Even now, like I see some guys, okay, uh, I go, hey, do you want to come on? He was like, yeah, I got a two speed, like, you know, 30 wide. I go, whoa, you don't need none of that. You know, I'll give you Alexa, you know, 400 with, you know, like 40 pound braid and you're going to hit five, 600 feet and you're going to have fun and yeah. you're going to feel the bites and it's going to, you know, fight halfway up or three quarters of the way up. And you don't, you know, and that's another thing too. If you use all graphite rods, braid and a short leader you're gonna lose a lot of fish you know because one it's wearing a big hole in their mouth two it's just the the head shakes you have nothing to absorb it you know it's you got to have like a shock absorber so like a composite style rod works good how much of a leader are you using on those uh well right now i'm only using like you know four feet it just depends like when i'm going deep I'm, i'm only going to use like a four foot leader but if i'm fishing like in the 200 300 400 i'll like do like three quarters braid and then like the other portion like mono like you know whatever 20 30 40 40 max you know okay but i'll do that you know just for stretch especially if i'm fishing link cod just to give it the stretch for the big head shakes and whatnot you know if not you you just those big head shakes you're just gonna you they'll pull off you know they'll come off not they're gonna not necessarily break you off they just they'll come off you know, because there's no, there's no, okay. Yeah, you just want that bungee, that big absorption, you know, like head shake. Do you, uh, did you spend some time looking for spots once a you lot. got your skiff? Because, oh, yeah. I feel like uh, <laughs> the only reason I asked you want this me to is. T- you want me to tell you how I used to find my spots? How? Since I didn't know any better, I'd go into the zone and I'm like, okay, this is uh, short banks. So anything back in the day, like you know, you like if you got a hold of a book with numbers, those numbers were garbage. You cut nothing. But you did give that that uh, between two and twelve. Oh yeah, but that was mostly like local. That was like okay. local oh, stuff. Right. That that was a good book. That was those numbers were dead on. But there was a lot of books that just had garbage numbers, but still got you in the zone. Or you just grab the charts and you can okay. kind of map your stuff out. So I didn't know any better. I would just kind of go in that zone. And just I'd pull these long drifts, and just be and I'd be ready to hit like what's called the MOB, which is man overboard. So basically, it's made for like if somebody fell overboard, you hit the button and you can go back and retrieve them. So I'd use that man overboard if something either I got a bite on the bottom or if I seen some fuzz in the bottom, and then that's how I would MOB it. Like I'd hit the button, and then I was like, and that's how I found back back in the you know early 90s that's how i found some of the spots that i have and some of them are still good to this day and it just like just dumb luck i guess you know just pull the drift you know during that el nino the 90 early 90s el nino one while i was fishing yellowtail they were on the short banks and i found some good cot spots 
fish in the yellows, you know. So it's like kind of a lot of dumb luck. Now it's it to me it's a lot easier now because of the relief shading and the technology we have now. I can pretty much I feel confident that I can go anywhere up and down the coast and just you know pretty much pillage. <laughs> what about Catalina and, and San Clemente? Do you have spots out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Is just, it way better fishing out there for rock fishing here? Not or? necessarily. Not necessarily. It's really good. It's super, It's really really good. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there's no need to go that far. It's I get more enjoyment of catching them right in front of the you know, you know, out front. There's a especially now you know we can go deeper. So you can, like, so in the beginning of the season, you can choose to go deep and shallow, which is super cool. So pick your poison, right? Yeah. Start off shallow, it doesn't work. You know, I'll go to the link cost spots in the shallows or try to, like, get on some of the areas that I know that have, like, big vermilions that kind of come up in the shallows to do their thing and spawn. And I'll try to you know, fish a one hook and just try to catch those real big ones. And if not, then I'll just go deeper. And, you know, those are the dumber ones and two at a timers. It's just, you know. Do you start off with one hook usually when you're doing out there looking for the bigger ones? Well, right now, like in this deep, deep water, since I'm trying to, I'm prospecting a lot because I don't like fishing the same stuff. I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like every time I go out there, I should be able to find something different, something new. And that's what I try to do. Like just, even if I'm going to, I don't like to start exactly where i want to go i'll start somewhere close by and kind of look around prospect a little and then if i feel the heat like if somebody's with me and they're getting antsy that's why i prefer kind of going by myself a lot of times because you know i just do my own thing and but um but yeah and uh so right now what i what i did was i got some seaboard daiwa seaboard small reels they're smaller than the tranks like the 300, 400, I got them loaded with 40-pound braid. A level wine on them? Yeah, well? yeah, level wine, the whole nine yards, and I got battery on, you know, on the foregrip. The cool thing is, it's not so much that, like, oh, that's cheating. It, yeah, it kind of is, but I'm just using it to prospect, so I'll I'll, I'll Oh, set. fuck, I didn't know they made one that small. Oh, yeah. Shit. And guess what? There's only 40-pound braid. Oh. There's only 40-pound. How, how, how much does a spool hold? Oh, so basically I could fish 900, 1,000 feet. Give him one so he could, he could put it up. In the, in the- yeah, so I could fish 900, 1,000 feet with the small reel. And just because it's electric. It's like Alexa almost, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Fuck. Like, look at how small this is. Like, this is, like, I, this is, to me, this is, like, still considered, like, fishing. You know what I mean? Like, and you don't have to. I know, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. How many, how many feet did uh, it hold? So this one will hold. It's 500. I think about 500 yards if you pack it real tight. Which is uh, 1,500. 1500. Okay. 14, 15. Fuck. Yeah. How much do you know how, how much those go for it. by any chance? Uh, They're like in the 550, 600 So range. not bad. Yeah. Dai was going to actually bring this one. This is a JDM version. Dai was actually going to bring this this version in, uh, I think, 2024, if I'm not mistaken. Dude, that's fucking so sick. So I recommend this one. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, like I said, if you... If, if you feel like you're cheating about the electric, well, go ahead and just pull them, you know, you just whine. Is there a little battery on the side of it? <laughs> no, no. The battery I put right oh, the up plug here on the goes right there. Yeah. Okay. Plug it in here. And then uh, I still fish it in my hand, just like I would a regular rod and reel. Kind of come up slowly. See, this is the other thing. In that deep water, there's fish suspended 100, 150 feet way off the bottom. So it's just not go to the bottom, wait. Like it's There's fish all the way up the water column. So that's what's crazy. So when I prospect, I like to use these these electric reels. 
And then when I find the zones, then I'll get the real, real shallow, like the, the lighter gear. And I'll fish like a, a rock rover or some other jig and, and just catch them one at a time. Because I can only keep 10, you know. And yeah. I just have fun with it that way, you know. What is that reel called again? This is the Daiwa Seaborg. Damn, that's fucking bad, yeah. dude. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're great. And anybody that's fished with me or even seen it, they they purchased this reel instantly. Like, No, I want to get one now. I, I feel on, like it's a perfect I did a work deal. charter, and uh, a buddy of mine bought it on the boat, like added to cart and just bought it right away. Fuck. Yeah. No, it's that's perfect. And especially yeah. for the kids. Yeah. No, it's just it's it's fun. You know what I mean? It's because like, you could still feel the fight, even the electrical reel is fucking Yeah, so the, another thing too, so those um the Florida's rockfish, they'll fight you all the way to the surface. And what I mean by oh, no fighting, way. like they'll You'll bounce feel it all the way okay. up. Yeah, but they're the ones that have the soft mouth, so you will so that's why I do the three, you know, three way okay. swivels and have them kind of come up and Innocence and, and I snell all my hooks. Okay, and that I learned many, many years ago. Who and taught I, I you was, that? I was actually on the on the I was on the blackjack out of Redondo, and we were going out to the bank, and the, and the, one of the deck hands goes, he goes, hey kid, I got the best rig. Back <laughs> then, we could use as many hooks as we want: 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever. And it, he had Kirby hooks, which is a like a long shank offset hook, and he snelled them all. He didn't have to, I don't even think we had three-way swivels back then, but so what he did is he had a swivel and then he had two beads on the side and then crimped them. And then the leader was like five, six inches and to a Kirby hook and he would snell it. And I'm like, why all that? Like it doesn't tangle. Like you could flip it around. It doesn't, you do mm -hmm. a dropper loop. You have like that, you know, it's a double line. It's real bulky and stuff. You know, it just... And it, after you catch a fish or something, it comes up all curly cute. For some reason, like snelling it and, and and doing it single like that, it kept your leader real nice and long. Okay. Presentation was really good. And you've always used that since. Since then, I was sold. Like I was sold. <laughs> I I snell all my hooks, you know. Um, and, and and it's it's worked, you know. I, I that's what I do now. Um, I, I used to use a lot of um, shrimp flies back then. I used to tie my own too. Flies? Sh flies, yeah. Okay. So we had like, you know, uh, green and yellow, uh, red and orange. Shrimp flies you were good because they look like a shrimp down there. So you could just pin like one little strip of squid and that would work good. But I nice. don't have to use stuff like that no more. But that, it works. It, it works really great. You know, they, it looks like the shrimp and yeah. what they're feeding on down there, baby rockfish and stuff. and. Sometimes it's good to kind of cover the hook and you just, you don't have to use too much bait just to strip and it seems to work out good. And I will tell you this too. Another thing that's worked good. I mean, sport boats might get a little pissed at you if you tangle people, but <laughs> this works. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Okay. So hit the bottom with your sinker. Say you have double hook, whatever, like double dropper loop. Hit the bottom and you come tight on it with tension and you don't get bites, right? Nobody's really getting bite. Try slacking up, leaving about two or three feet slack. And then all of a sudden, like magic, you start feeling those bites. You just want that natural that kind natural, of swim. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but it works so damn well sometimes when it's finicky. Especially like guys fishing the half day or, you know, like the local stuff. Yeah. That's finicky and stuff like that. Yeah, we just kind of lay it down on the bottom, leave it. You know, just don't tangle the whole boat. But yeah. just leave a, like a couple feet in slack. And then you just feel them taking it. 
you know, stuff like that, you know, would, would just kind of determine if you were going to have a great day. And or, you're trying to think outside of the box yeah, all the time. Okay. Yeah, and then, like, mm-hmm. when we're going to try to catch, like, the biggest grouper, like, on a half-day or three-quarter-day boat, you, like, you'd get the biggest sardine or mackerel on the tank or when you hit the bottom, what you want to do, you want to have a long leader, first of all, like, three feet minimum. And then when you hit the bottom, just go super, super slow, like, up off the bottom. And I don't mean with the reel. Like, just from, like, the 9 o'clock to, like, the 12 o'clock with your rod, super slow, then wind down and just keep it going to about 30 or 40 feet, and then you fill those taps. Most <laughs> of them are going to be groupers, Then you just come tight with them, and they're going to be the bigger grouper, and that, or Picasso. And that's what's gonna, Yep, and that's what's <laughs> going to win your jackpot. I guarantee you, nice. that, that'll win your jackpot. Um. So now we talked about rockfish a little bit. Now we're going to get into a subject that I'm very interested in. Um, this time of the year, it's just probably changing for calico. Okay. Yeah. What uh, what changes for you in your presentation? What type of weather are you looking for from now until maybe, what, February, March? How does it all change for you? Yeah, the winter stuff's it's constantly changing. I mean, shoot, even the summer stuff these days, actually. You know, it's just uh, years ago, we it was like a pretty somewhat simple pattern. You know, it was like winter, summer. Now it's like we have this warm water throughout the year for the most part at times. And then we get the little cold front and the fish get all weird. We lost a lot of kelp. It's still not back, you know, in a lot of areas. So it's hard to be real definitive on like, exactly on what i would do is just you definitely gotta just stay open to like conditions and what's going on you know with with water temp and whatnot but for the most part i will say um january february march uh i do like a swim jig you know not nothing too big you know swim jig you know skirted uh, either a single grub or like a swim bait works really well, especially on the beach, fishing the boilers, you know, slow and low. You're really going to have to drag it. During. Yeah, slow okay. and low, but uh, a descent for sure. January, February, March, put scent on it of your choice. I like to procure squid. Don't use a chovy. That stuff stinks and it gets all over your boat. It's hard to get it. <laughs> Stick to the squid. <laughs> Uni butter's been great. It's just hard, like, because it, you have to warm it up or, you know, keep it in your pocket for a while. But that and works really well. <laughs> <laughs> None of that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so scent, definitely. Uh, don't put it on your skirt so much because it'll ball up and get all nasty. Um, just try to put it on your swim bait. But that that helps. Do you like a certain length in the skirts? Like, you know, a I don't lot like, of people like I don't chopping. Like, I don't like a lot on it. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I, I don't like a whole lot on it. Just a little bit. Just... Just to flare up, you know, look like a crab or whatnot. What about the thickness of the skirt? I mean, and the only reason I ask these little questions is mm-hmm. because if you look behind Bobby, you're going to see tons of crankbaits and shit. Everyone oh. would use that freshwater stuff. I'm my own worst enemy when but it comes it's, to But it looks like it's freshwater <laughs> stuff, but it's all calico and, and, yeah, and it's pretty much spotted bay bass stuff. So I ask him these questions coming as a calico angler, like... Some people go like the skirt's too thick. There's too much material. Is it too yeah. thin? Uh, do you have a certain consistency you like on the skirt? Yeah, I'll start off with the real like thick stuff. And if I'm not getting bit, I'll go straight to the fresh water, the thinner stuff, the live skirt. Like, the, okay. you know what I mean? The, yeah. The real thin stuff that, yeah, you catch even a pound fish, like it tore half your 
but you got to get bit, right? So I'll use it in a heartbeat. What about, um, so I always looked at mm -hmm. the like Evan Salve videos because yeah. everyone, yeah, and yeah. he was in the wintertime. And, and he you know was what's in... funny is that you mentioned Evan. He did really well on one of the West tournaments. He went up, I went up to Malibu as well. We were probably, I think, the only two guys from Long Beach went up to Malibu. I think he was fishing with Jazz. Jazz is the guy that's making that California flyer. Mm -hmm. And uh, they ended up winning that tournament 20 ish pounds. I don't know, 20 something pounds. It, this early, early. I don't know if it was January, February. Which so, is a great bag. Oh, it's okay. a huge bag. Right. I mean, bass are all lethargic. And I know they caught them on swim jigs, you know, like little five inch big hammers. Dragon. Just like firing it in, and not actually there's slow swimming. And you got to remember, like, it's not so much dragging because you got a lot of like current and shore push and, you know, the mm -hmm. waves. And so you're just kind of just like slow winding it right through, hopping it. If you get stuck, just be patient, hop it, bring it down. Sometimes they'll come and just eat it as it's hop. How slow are you, are you using a certain reel to? to when you're doing this technique? Uh, I like technique. Seven, seven to one because you want to okay. catch up with it because I'm also using a lot lighter of a head, like three quarters, half ounce maybe. You're not going to the ones and the not, twos. I don't okay. want it just to dig in there. I want it to just kind of like dance around there in the okay. current. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I went super light where it's just kind of like fly lining a bait and that bait's just looking like a peeler crab just kind of like doing this like back and forth mm -hmm. deal, you know, and they come up and eat it. So I don't want something too heavy, especially because you're going to get stuck right away. Um, yeah, I worked on a few baits uh, about 10 years ago that worked out pretty well, which I gave you the idea, but maybe you'll come out with it soon. It's coming out. PCS <laughs> show, guys. You so that was asshole. pretty cool. Um, we did really well and won quite a few tournaments that way. It's a, can I say it? It's a single hook attached to a lead head, but... It's super, super weedless, so you can kind of yeah, really it's, it's a, bring it's, it through the structure really well, and um, it, you won't get pantsed, so it's like the fish has to commit, and mm -hmm. it's, it's it's super cool. It works because I've proven it, <laughs> and uh, that's been really fun with either creature baits or with swim baits and single tails. Mm -hmm. So that's fun, but yeah, it's uh, the winter fishing is pretty much... Uh, it's, are you it's, changing it's up like your 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 mm -hmm. your cranks your your uh, a rig? Yeah. You're not using what's going on like with those baits. Um, so it just depends. Like if you're gonna fish the beach, you know what I mean. It's pretty much gonna be like a creature or swim jig for the most part. Okay. Um, if I'm fishing out a little deeper, like don't get me wrong, like we were catching like earlier last year, I think our San Diego tournaments, we were fishing these calico bass, and it was like a hundred feet of water. No fun. But that's where you were catching them. 100, 110, 120 feet. Dropping straight down. Sucks, yeah. You know? Um, but even then, like, taking... Because it's kind of still pressured in the zones we're fishing, you know, because there's other boats in the area. I think even, uh, like, if you have your favorite little zones, like your rocks or whatever, casting, like, seeing them even... Even if you don't have forward-facing sonar, like, just casting to the spot versus getting right up and down and on you're it. big on that though right i'm huge on okay. it now i am when did you when did that kind of click for you i mean just because i was like oh, i always catch them here and then it's like oh that's weird and mark good and bite and i was like oh let me take a little different approach and next time around next time around like hey i know the spot's there i know this spot's good i know there's fish always on there 
So I would stop 50, 75 feet before and fire a bait, not knowing if there's fish there, just knowing the spots there. I could see it on my, you know, on my meter, fire it out there, and then I'm hooking them. Then I can, I see my hook one or two or three versus just catching one and done. Okay. And that's been huge to catch that second or third one versus lately it's it's a lot of these spots have have been one one hitters and that's it it's like do you feel like that's due to relief shading out i couldn't really tell you it's 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 just to me it's pressure Mm -hmm. period whether it's sport boat pressure or or skiff pressure it's just pressure now and and these fish have to know that we're up there they have to know what a sonar when it's pinging on them and and it's just so i'm taking like a more kind of like you know like a different slower approach and, and creeping up on them versus just getting on them he bites or he bites if not i'm off to the next one when the way i used to run numbers and just next 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 and try to catch the dumb ones yeah now i'm just like hold on fire that way you know and you know and so then, you're adapting as you go I, like you have you feel to, like you have, you have to, to. competition is yeah, okay. really really good you know and you have to adapt, and I did. Who won? Who won the SBS last year? Uh, Aces. I think so. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of not all there. That was a hard one. This last. It yeah. was. It was. But if you look most, at the standings, most of the it was, was kind of like most of real the fishing weird. was all deep, which sucks. But I mean, it, it is what it is. You have to adapt, whether it's in a hundred or in one feet of water. You know, so you definitely got to be versatile. You definitely got to have all the stuff. You know, like uh, the, you know the heavier two, three ounce heads. Um, vertical jigs and, 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 you know, a rigs, you know, rigged, however you want. Are you rig. using a lot of this during the winter time as well? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, regardless, a rig still has so much drawing power. It's definitely not as good as it used to be, but it, it just has so much drawing power that pff, it's hard to beat, you know, I feel like I've even, mm-hmm. and I'm newer to it. I've, I mean, when you introduced it to me yeah. four years ago, I've seen a difference from then till now. Oh, even. when I started using it, it was ridiculous. I'd hook one and I free spool my A rig, and then to catch four or five on. They do. When I took my third, the <laughs> yeah. same. When you took a third, it was yeah, dude, one cast. Yeah, one cast one took me third in the tournament. Yeah, dude. One cast, you can get like I think we caught like eighteen pounds of PV with one cast, you know. And then not only that, I had eighteen pounds. Garrett, Garrett's trying to net all my fish. And I'm like, no, screw that, just cast behind me. And then he's hooking two or three. <laughs> so it's like literally, you know, you, you end up catching 20-something pounds yeah. in like two casts, you know, with, you know, if you have like the follow-up guy. Has that, has that been the most um, like game-changing bait? 100%. Yeah, you think? 100%, yeah. Of all the machine come out. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, 100%. Like even if you had a single bait, say you're fishing with me, you hook one. I chase it back with the A rig, hook one, and, and there's followers. Especially in the summer months, it's easy because they're spawning and they come out, and and then the bigger ones are gonna be the followers for the most part. Yeah. So, like at for a point, at one point, I didn't I didn't care if I caught like a two pounder if I had an A rig or somebody was behind me with it, because you draw out like if you draw them out. It's like the party starter, dude. One guy goes, and then like here goes the rest. You know, like let's go. It's the gangbang. Yeah, that's it. So, Bobby, Bobby told me that. I remember I I do this all the time now because people go, man, uh, I I like fishing the A rig a lot because I learned from Bobby. Yeah. So a lot of the times they'll see me catch one and they'll be like, why aren't you reeling? I'm like, there's gonna be another one. Yeah. And I'm waiting. I'm like, there it is. You know, and you wait for that one, and you taught me that. Yeah, and that technique. deeper stuff, and that got hundred 
foot kind of zone i i wouldn't even keep my drag that tight so when i'd hook one and then like it peel a little bit of drag yeah. it draw out everything that was in that rock and they just started latching up where for a while i couldn't even use a regular bass rod i had more like a tuna rod that i would just and a low gear just to like winch them in yeah fours fives sixes sevens you name it yeah it's 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 pretty impressive it still works it's definitely not as good but it still works pretty pretty damn good how about um spotted bay bass do you like wintertime spotted bay bass so i talked to keith and yeah. I feel like he's uh-huh. kind of like one of the OGs. Oh, he's, yeah, he's as good as it gets. And uh, he he said he liked wintertime because there's less boat traffic and it helped That is true. I mean, shoot. Yeah. Like, the, the amount of pressure I've seen the last 10 years, crazy. Crazy. Mic up a little. It's a quitter. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's. go suck it. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Like, but, um, yeah, like, like anything, you just have to adapt, you know. Um, so for a while, when I started fishing these tournaments and whatnot. Because <clears throat> January would be like one of the first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Newport, January. That yeah. was the first tournament of yeah. the year. And it, it was still really, really good. The thing is that then we started getting a ton of dock walkers. And then that changed the game. Before, like, if you could skip a bait or if you could get way down in underneath the dock rope or back in the... It's almost guaranteed to fish. It was like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Nowadays... You don't even want to cast over there because now I got to think. Doc Walker had you know access to here, (laughs) so I don't even want to fish that zone. I want to fish stuff that they like mooring cans, or I want to fish like outer stuff that normally that they can't you know really fish or fish my crankbaits and and you know kind of draw them out you know like through the docks and get them to come out. Are you a big believer in the lighter line as well on the spotted? Yeah, bass? yeah. yeah well, look at the wall behind me right there. I got like eight pound. <laughs> Is that all floor. spotted? You're spotted. Yeah, you're that's spotted. all. Okay. That's all spotted baby bass all the way across. And like I said, it's. Uh, I think I'm. I want to say I'm probably the only guy. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and just say that the only guy that brings the most rods in a tournament for spotties. How many do you think you bring? Uh, well, I bring just myself. I'll bring ten to thirteen rods plus whatever Garrett brings, another ten to thirteen. How many? Um, it's like our boat looks like a porcupine when we're out there. <laughs> well, I learned that too. But like it's when not I necessarily went with you, like I, I but did it. What I'm saying is, like, I'll see something that, you know, like, oh shoot, I wish I had, whatever, you know, a crank or a smaller crank, a, you know, in this little zone. If I don't have it tied up, I'm not going to go to my bag and dig through stuff and cut it out and try to you know, cut my other bait and you know make a cast for that one dock that looked good so like you know if the grass if it's shallow in the back i'll get a you know uh, a shallow diving crank or or, you know what i mean like or if i want to throw mooring cans and i want a real deep diver so i'll have like four crankbait rods with me like you know shallow medium deep super deep you know and just just having the stuff ready to go makes a huge difference you know so if you can afford to have a bunch of rods, I mean, why not have it all, you know? Like, have as much as you can. Well, do, right you, look, at, do you look at the freshwater tournament guys as well? Yeah, I mean, like, shit, what are they, what they, they 20? They bring yeah. 20 or 30, you yeah. know? I know it looks crazy because I see some guys that do really well. They have, like, two rods, three rods. I'm like, God, that, that would drive me nuts, you know? Because it's like you're wasting time. Like, I could just pick it up and, you know, sometimes when I know something's working really well, at one point, like, when we're kicking ass on the axe blade, I had four axe baits tied on because I'd hook one and if it would chase, like get me like through the, you know, pilings and stuff like that. And I feel free. 
I just grab another rod and just keep going down because if I go through one row of docks, for the most part, three or four of those pines are going to bite. And that could be most of my bag, you know? So, or what am I going to do? Tie a leader and then tie the knot. And then, like, your partner's going to blow through it. Like, no, they didn't bite. You wouldn't know. Like, two guys flipping the inside, outside, through the dock. It's a different ball game. Yeah. So just to pick one up and just keep going, it's it's uh, it's it's made a difference, you know. Having, well, having unlimited amount of axe blades and having, uh, you know. <laughs> thank uh, you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, you just I like having a lot, lot of, a lot of baits and a lot of rods like ready to go. Yeah. It um, just makes me feel better. Sometimes I might go a little crazy in the head, you know, like keep trying different <laughs> stuff, but. It just sometimes like you just pick up that stupid fluke thing like I'm just gonna throw this thing and and then it's like boom pattern got him. No, it makes complete sense. And a lot. I mean, if you look at a yeah, because you could go pre-fishing guy. and whatnot and like okay, I got it dialed in pretty good. And then day of like storm comes through or dirty water or whatever, right? Now you're scratching heads. Like that day starts over. You gotta you know figure it out that day. So. Having like the arsenal that I'm comfortable with, knowing your base, knowing how to work them, now makes you a lot like a lot more effective. To like, for a while we weren't even pre-fishing just because yeah. we were kind of we had some really good baits that we we're comfortable with, and we can kind of you know make make it work. What about the tournament series next year? How are you feeling about doing that? I mean, you've done it for how many years now? Shh. I don't know. It feels like 15, 14. No, not that long. I think since two thousand. 9 10 2010 10, okay. yeah so oh, i'm sorry 13 13 yeah oh sorry okay, sorry yeah. not that long yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's uh yeah um you know life changes you know um i, I mean got, you're gonna be you're gonna be 50 this year <laughs> no next year yeah next year okay next year yeah are you thinking about retiring and being like I'm yeah done well, with like it? i told you on the last one i think i'm gonna just you know throw in the towel but if garrett wants to do it like i said and you know he doesn't have to pull my arm I'll, I'll do it you know he has a kid too you know so it, t- it takes Wait, a you lot you don't have your kids are old dude you i said f- he has a kid oh, okay so i said look if you want to do it not to put it on garrett but it's on garrett <laughs> we'll do it if you don't want to do it hey i'm happy in life right now i'm very content you're fine I, with just my, body fishing here my and goals and calico fishing the goals that i had set for myself i accomplished I surpassed my goals. What was your goal for a Calico, 10? Well, no, no, no. My goals were just to be able to compete in the beginning. Like I told you way in the beginning of the podcast. Like the only way I can get underneath one of those easy up tents was like to help set up, you know, know, the competition. I just, you know, I came from sport boat mentality. So it was really hard to transition. Like I had a different mindset, you know, I was like, this is the best spot in this bay, you know, and I would sit on this spot for hours it's like oh sometimes it takes a while for these things to go no you know that's if you have bait if you have a bait it doesn't work that way so like the mindset had to change and when that changed you know everything else changed with it you know i I started doing pretty well and i was content and then you know we won a tournament and that was like that was huge for me like and then a second and a third and then I think I know. I was the last one to actually win the SBS tournament that actually uh motor, right? You could win the motor okay. like yeah. outright, not in a raffle. Yeah. Like out actually win it after, you know, with your bag of fish, you know, not in a raffle ticket. 
So that was pretty cool. That was a hell of an accomplishment, you know, and, and that I didn't think I would ever be able to do. And then catching a 10 wasn't necessarily... I wanted to catch a giant, but that wasn't necessarily the goal. How big of a deal was it that you caught an inshore compared oh, to Oh, it, 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 it was awesome. It, it, especially, like, I'll tell the people who are listening, like, if you're ever on the fence, like, ah, should I go? It's kind of late. Just go. If your buddy says, hey, let's just go for a few hours, go. Guess who missed out on that day? Yeah, because that's when... Guess who fucking missed that's out when, on that that's day? That's when magic happens, you know, and, and, and it's... <laughs> That day was so magical. Like, it was late in the evening. Well, not too late. It was like, I think, 2 or 3 p.m. You guys left at 12. Oh, yeah. But we didn't leave right away because I had to wait for Brian. Brian was coming from San Bernardino to Marina Del Rey. So it was like two and a half And hour. a little precursor. I was so hungover. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and it was windy as hell. The sheriff looks over. He's like, you're not going out in that, are you? I'm like, I just stayed quiet. I was like, uh, uh. Brian finally gets there, and he's like, uh i go hey the sheriff just told me i shouldn't be going out there and he's like well let's just go take a peek <laughs> all right you know don't twist my arm so we took a peek and i was like all right i'm gonna try to head outside the harbor i'm like hey i'm not gonna go down to the santa monica break hole just yet i don't think i don't know let me go outside i haven't fished some of these spots in a long long time but let me just see if we can catch a bass or two so I roll up to one of the first stones that I hadn't fished in many years because I don't really fish out front like that. And this thing was loaded with big sand bass. I mean, we easily had over, over 30 pounds of mm -hmm. fish, like a five fish. I mean, they were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we were so pumped up, we didn't even care about the waves or the wind at that point. We're like straight to Santa Monica, and then we just start sticking some good ones, fours and fives and sixes. And then I hooked that real big one. Actually, I hooked a halibut before. Legal? Big one? No, it was a small one. Okay. I had hooked one, and I fired back out there again, and then I hooked that giant. And then I go, Brian, get the net. This is a giant. But he thought I was stuck for a second. And then he seen it move, and then I seen his eyes get real big. <laughs> and and I, I just had my raw tip super, because it's real shallow there. I had my raw tip high the whole time, and I was just grinding, grinding, grinding. And I'm like, what is it? And he, he wrote like him real calmly. He goes, it's big calico. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so I just keep grinding. I go, thank God it wasn't a sheephead, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Brian, Brian, I, I think, yeah, it's a good one. Like, Brian, I think this. And then I go, hold on, let me get the scale. You tell me. And I flipped over the scale. It was, you tell me. He's like, you know, it was like whatever, 10, 8 or 10, 9, 10, 8, 4, I think 10, it was. 10, 4. And I'm like, no way! And I flipped it around. I couldn't believe it. But it was a, it was a giant. It was a. But that was a day you almost didn't go out as well. Right? Exactly, almost didn't go out. It's like, well, it's in the evening. Hey, do you want to go? It's like, oh, I'm lazy to hitch up and go. Uh, same here, but you know, my boat's ready. I could just hitch up and meet you there in 30, 40 minutes. Let's just go, Brian. Like, what are we gonna do? You know, it's all right. And those days have been my best bass days period the other one was garrett had an office in uh by lax and he's like hey i'm gonna get off at 5 5 30 okay so i'm gonna try to beat traffic i'll meet you there at 3 30 so what did i do i had never even fished spotties in delray <laughs> i start going in there and just you know Fucking just off. fishing off mm -hmm. then like my first one was like a two pounder 
Second one was a four pounder, and I well it. I'm like, nobody's going to believe me. <laughs> I well this thing. I'm like, I'm going to just show him, Garrett, when I come, you know, when he gets there, I'm going to show him this four pounder. Because I'm like, I thought it was a sand bass at first. And I was like, oh my God, this is a spotty. So I well it. And I, I, I weighed it, but I didn't tell him yet. And I was like, this thing's four on the nose. I well it. My buddy was working a research boat and he was parked. And I go, I have to go show him. And he's like, dude, that's a giant. That's like a four pound. I go, it's four on the nose. He goes, dude, go back out there. Go catch another one. So I go back out there and then I start cranking some areas and I was on fire. So I had a 3.7. 3 another one that was over three. I think I had three, easily two, if not three over three. And then that four pounder that day. Yes, Dude, that's giant. Big. They were all like they're ready to pop spawn. Yeah, it was right after the moon, so they were like they were huge. It was uh right after Fourth of July weekend. I remember like right. So if you're gonna fish there, that Fourth of July weekend <laughs> is about. And right. here's, a, here's another little side note. Mm -hmm. He used to see Bass Jack fishing all the spotties. time. Yeah, that black lady spotties. still looking for his ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lady that would run your ass off, you know, for fishing like in a cart, like run, you know. And he would always, I know where he'd fish in the back, you know, by killer shrimp and stuff like that. And um, he'd get run off, you know. But he was catching big ones, and a lot of those fish were on the Demiki air crawl. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, on a half ounce or three quarter ounce lead head, that air cross still gets bit. That's one. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. The big thing is, is like when you guys explain how the the, the tentacles like. Yeah, Delray has giants, big ones, and nobody just. You could go to Long Beach. You go to anywhere else. You see people fishing. You go to Delray in the harbor. You probably won't even see a person fishing inside. Well, not these days. At night, you you don't even see like dock walker guys. I, yeah. I, I that I the only one that I knew was uh, Jason Corden and who else? Uh, I think that's it. Like he would go there and I mean he I don't know how many three pounders he smashed over there. I don't know if he's got a four or five there. I don't know. He's got some really, really big ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, thanks, Bobby, for coming on. Yep. Thanks um, for having me. We kind of hit a little bit of everything. Uh, you guys will see him at the toy drive. He'll be. At my booth, and he'll be at LK Lures. LK yeah. Lures is doing something really yeah, cool. Yeah, Brian doesn't really sell baits. He uh, took a kind of a break, a little hiatus. But <clears throat> I convinced him to bring out some baits uh, for any of you guys to, you know, fish. Uh, they're pretty fun. Um, they're going to be matching a lot of Nick's lead heads. Um, what lead heads? Your Viking heads. Yeah, say Viking heads. Oh, fuck. Okay, so... Um, he's, I did have him bring, he's going to bring a lot of the smaller stuff, like the fours, three and a half, 3.75s or whatever, fours, stuff like that for like a rig fishing, like, you know, spotties and stuff like that. Some tail spinner baits and Is some weedless ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like good. a few. So he's going to try to get quite a bit of baits. He doesn't really sell. After this, he probably won't sell to anybody. So, if you want to get your hands on some, this is your chance. I don't know. And I'm going to say, if you guys want probably the best weedless, if you guys are a Calico guy. I don't know if he's going to bring the weedless stuff like that because it's, it's probably too you much should. going on. He could just make one color, dude, and fucking. Well, I told him also I don't want no hard lines on the baits. I want the blends. <laughs> he does a really good job of blending. Like, I'm not a fan of those yeah. hard lines no more. Like, uh, I told him, I go, because he's really good at pouring. I told him, I want 
the blends, like the you know the he does this X, like Mike Gilbert, yeah, yeah, just explain. like break yeah, it up. Don't okay. make those like hard line, you know, like. He has a lot of talent, and I told him, like, bring it, you know. And so I'm going to say he makes one of the, my favorite uh, weedless swim baits ever. So hopefully he might bring a couple. Yeah. Either way, or come bring out. Bring a little sample, at least. If not, yeah. I told him bring a notepad, and if you guys want to order a few, go for it. If not, maybe it, Maybe if you guys hit him up, he'll he'll start making a little more. Hopefully yeah, it'll, maybe. Hopefully it'll trigger you know, him. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, shoot. We'll see you guys at the toy drive. We'll be drinking some Modellos and some Coronas. So That's it. Come hang out. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening.